Welcome to Talk and Talk, the podcast for the media bias.com. We're doing a, a, a man down podcast today, but I'm TJ. We're joined by Chris and Brent. Yeah, the three of us are here. We did it different, but no David this week. It's the first time, right? First this is episode the first, yeah, without David. Like, we've, we've all missed, but not David. Um, so we're going to struggle <laughs> today for sure. But uh, first episode, we're going to talk about what we've been watching. <laughs> it's like without David. What do I do with my hands? <laughs> my heart feels empty. My hands are always on David. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to do. It's always interesting to see like who writes the ship on days where we go awry. Yeah. Because it, it seems like we're, we're more prone to getting a little loopy on three-person pods. Yeah. But uh, we're going to try to get through this one. We're going to talk about what we've been watching the past week, playing... As well, I know there's a, a big what we've been playing coming out from one of us, but blackjack. Yeah, playing a lot of blackjack. <laughs> you just play Yazzie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's the what's the Yazzie update? Uh, Developers still supporting that. Yeah, I guess there's still ads some, for Tresemme. Some DLC. Yeah. But uh, when do y'all want to go first? Uh, I'll go first. All right. <clears throat> I watched some movies. Uh, I watched uh, the movie Colossal. Oh, yeah. I forgot that was this week. It feels like it was so long ago. Yeah. Well, the last thing I talked about was Pearl Harbor, right? Do I need to go into Pearl Harbor again? <laughs> no. Okay, all right. So, Colossal. Unless you saw the Great Wall. Colossal. Um, I'm not going to talk about the Great Wall if, unless David's here, right? <laughs> no chance of that. Doesn't seem appropriate. Um, uh, I liked Colossal. I know you and David were big fans of Colossal, TJ. Have you seen it, Chris? I have not. I'm trying to get... Kelly to pull the trigger so we can watch it, but I've yeah. been watching too much garbage instead. Uh, Anne Hathaway and Jason Sudeikis are both really good in that movie. Uh, I really like her this, uh, in particular, and uh, I don't know. I thought it was I thought it was well done and funny and entertaining. I'm maybe not as high as you guys are on it, but I'm still high on it. Yeah, no, it's it's top three of the year for me. I think it's David's favorite of the year. So yeah, to be as high as us is pretty fucking high. It's interesting. I was, I was wondering if, if when you watched it, Brent, that it would be this year's Kubo for us. Kind of just uh, like one that we all uniformly love. Love? Yeah. Yeah. But. No. So we're still in, in search of 2017's Kubo. Right. Yep. Uh, also went to the theater and saw the Tom Cruise movie American Made, which was filmed in my hometown. Nice. And uh, yeah, it was good. It was, it was fun. It was a fun movie. It was actually ball ground made. Yeah, ball around me. Which I set, I set through the entire uh, credit sequence. Not one mention of ball ground was made. It was I was really upset. I was hoping ball ground would get like a shout out in the credits. It was just thanks, it was just like thanks to Georgia. Thanks to Georgia. Yeah. yeah, but they they thanked specific cities in Columbia for letting them film there. Nice assholes. Anyway, uh, there's a great review uh, Brent wrote up on TheMediaBias.com. You should check out. It was really good. We're writing reviews. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so make sure you check out the website more frequently because we do post things now. <laughs> we have started posting daily, actual daily posts. things. Yeah. I love that the, the, the website is when you go to write a post, you have to like actively tell it, like, don't post this to iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. We do? I don't know. I looked at one of David's posts and he had that checked and I was like, okay, that seems right. This is a word that I wrote and not a sounds that I talked. Well, the rest of you have been getting my posts on your iTunes feed. It's just like... (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, we did talk last week about how the ironic tapping and slapping the table worked. Yeah, that, that wasn't ironic. That okay. Was, <laughs> that was a thing. Yeah. That'll play well. Yeah. Um, as long as there's a typewriter slide also. Yeah. <laughs> That's a cash register. I quit. I also watched, <laughs> I watched a uh, documentary that my wife wanted to watch. It was uh, George Harrison living in the material world, which was directed by Martin Scorsese. Yeah, it's supposed to be really good. Uh, it was good. It was, there's no need for that movie to be more than 200 minutes long. Oh, God. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just a bunch of people talking about how great George Harrison was. And I love George Harrison. And, <laughs> he but is great. You but... can actually sit down and listen to every song George Harrison ever recorded in less time than it takes <laughs> to watch that documentary. And I think you'll get a better feel for just how awesome he was. Something makes me think that you did the math. <laughs> I'm just why. guessing. He only made, like, two solo albums, I think. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, it was good. It's I mean it's if you it's one of those. I know we talked recently about how like a lot of documentaries are this way, but it's one of those where it really helps to already like the subject material. Like if you don't like yeah. George Harrison, this is a, a real bad call to watch three plus hours on George Harrison. Sure. But, yeah, I'll, um, I'll talk about it on my end. But I watched the new Netflix documentary on Lady Gaga, and it's the, like it's. Hard to watch it to not be like, well, I like her, so yeah, that's we why all, I turned it on. We all watch famous people documentaries. Yeah. The the best part of the George Harrison doc was uh, were the interviews with Eric Clapton, where he's uh, just really, really open about the uh, stealing of Patty. From, oh yeah, from George. You told um, me about some of that. The like, I obviously like some things he had a lot. Yeah. yeah, he said early on when they met, he was like, I was jealous of a lot of the things he had, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I'll uh, every, I'll save another movie for, uh, I think, a topic talk. And uh, other than that, it's just, oh, oh, I should mention, I finished uh, season one of American Gods. Nice. How did, did, did it pay off? Yeah. Did you not finish it ever? No, I thought... I it... really liked it. Okay. It's... I still even I rewatched the first episode. Mm-hmm. I still didn't like the first episode all that much. It really also the first sequence in the entire series starts off with that that awful. Have you watched any TJ? Yeah, I've watched I'm all the way caught up. Okay, yeah. uh, I, that first battle out on the beach where yeah. they show the arm, the severed arm that's still clutching uh, the yeah. sword, right. flying through the air and sticking somebody through the neck. This is the most irony yeah. shot of the year for me on TV, but. Uh, once you get past that, it's it's really good. I, you just have to kind of accept that the show doesn't really provide you with any sort of direction as to what's going on. Yeah, I, mean, I don't, I don't know. If that's the only way that story can really be told. I feel like you've read it too, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, There's just it also me, can't really go longer than another season. And that's the thing. That's the only the only negative I, I had about the season was that it does feel like they're just stretching it a little bit. Like, this season is just all build-up and recruitment, and I don't know if that's how the book is, but it it's... Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's cool in the book, though. I mean, yeah. it's... You get a little tired less of... Sh- less of the gods are as eye-rolly as they are in the show in the book, though. Right. You get a little tired of Shadow just being confused all the time. I don't like that casting choice at all. I don't like the guy who plays Shadow. Well, I don't think he does a great job, but at the same time, I don't really think he has much to do other than just wear a suit and be confused. Sure. Except in the uh, in the final episode when they go to Easter, 
Um, he's uh, that's Kristen Chenoweth, the yeah, sister, right? Kristen yeah. Chenoweth. He's really like kind of charismatic around her. He kind of opens up, and he seems to really like her. And so it's like, man, when he's not confused, maybe there's something in his character that I might actually enjoy. But in the, like, despite Shadow Moon, I, I, I liked everything else. Um, obviously, I like Ian McShane. This yeah. Wednesday, I really like the Slavic Gods in episodes like three Turner, and four. Turner Bog, Peter the Stilmater. three sisters, and yeah. yeah, they're really good. And then I never remember the three sisters' names because I don't either. Reading them, I would skip over them because right. for some reason, Gaiman just wrote them all out every time. Yeah, uh, but some I, some of the new gods got a little annoying, and that, that happened in the book for me too a little bit. I'm not wild about Technical Boy. Is that his name? Yeah, I don't know if that's his name, but that yeah. fits. Is it media? I like media. Oh, okay. No, media's different. Oh. Me- media's my favorite of the new gods. Yeah, media's cool. She, she's great. Um, I really like... But my favorite scenes in the in the show are... It surprised me because I it feels like the kind of side story that I would get irritated with and just be like, hurry up, get through this. I want to get back to God stuff. But it's Emily Browning as his wife. I yeah. thought she was fantastic in the yeah. show. Um. And Mad Sweeney wound up being less irritating than I thought he was going to be because I did not like his character in the first episode and wound up really liking his character over the course of the season. Fun. So I definitely recommend American Gods. It's it's very visual, but it's also just, I don't know. I, I, as someone who did not read the book, the mythology is, is fun, even if I wish there was just a little more development to it. Yeah. It's like the book. It'll die down a lot, and then it'll get great. Right. Um, yeah. Oh, <clears throat> forgot I watched another show only because the whole show is only four hours long. But uh, <laughs> it's eight thirty-minute okay. episodes. But I watched all of American Vandal this week. <laughs> oh, and nice! Fucking amazing! I'm so glad that that's a few friends of the podcast and a one podcaster that is because when you know said I watched it, I thought it was amazing. And David said he he was like nervous about it. He watched the first episode; it seemed real dumb. And I was like, man, get past the first episode and then. Like, and I don't think the first episode's super bad. I don't think it is either, but the second one is where I got it. It picks up quick. The yeah. second one, when they're doing the, uh, when they're trying to look at all the, to see the vantage points of the camp. Uh, oh, like, like, who could see her giving him a handy? Yes. <laughs> so funny. That is brilliant. <laughs> it is, it is a, I don't know, it, it really, I, I would not recommend the show unless someone has watched or has listened to Serial or S Town or something. I think the some, big thing that you're forgetting, or maybe you didn't watch, is uh, if they've seen Making a Murder. I have not seen Making a Murder. Yeah, that's so. the big. Is it a lot like yeah. that? Okay, it is a it is a just a perfect parody of those kinds of documentaries, yeah. those, those documentary series. Who did the dicks? Cool. Yeah, it's 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 really uh, clever. Yeah, uh, and, and some of the the the, the American Vandal, the, the titular character. Has a uh, YouTube channel that's like not big, but big enough. He's got like yeah. thousands of views. Uh, he keeps trying to come up with dumb ideas. <laughs> My favorite is uh, face bread. Face bread. Just a lot of bread. He goes face. face, face. He jams in his head a bunch. Yeah, he uses his head to pound it into like crumbs, <laughs> and he's like, "That was face bread." <laughs> he's a real dumb character. Yeah. But I love the kids who are making the documentary too. Yeah, they're, they're so they're it's fun. Everything about it is really just on point. Yeah, I think it's the best thing Netflix has done in a long time. It's really good, and then it kind of has a point. 
It's not just like straight comedy. Yeah. Yeah. And the point came across well. I, and I like the way it's, yeah, they, they, it's kind of meta in that the, it talks about how American Vandal is going viral or whatever. Yeah. Their documentary they're making. It's, it's really fun. I recommend it to everybody. It's a quick watch. Obviously, I watched it in like three days. Awesome. So, um, that's it for me. Well, there's Survivor, but... We can talk about it real quick. All three of us watched okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Not, not much to talk about. Not much to talk about. I thought uh, Laura was going to go home up until the vote was read, but I think he was just a little too bad. I talked to Chris about it last night. He made a, the best point that I'd heard, which was once she knew that the vote was on her, when he made that apparent to her, it's like, oh, you can't. You can't work with somebody who's going to yep. do that. Wear, wear your strategy on your face. Even... I still hold that they shouldn't have kicked him out because I think the number one goal pre-merge is to not go to travel. But I can see where you don't want to. You don't want him going far, especially if he's a buddy of yours because he's just going to ruin it for you. I think this season, generally speaking, you have less frail people with the theme of this season. Yeah, and so I don't know if it hurts as much to kick out a quote-unquote strong person, especially when the strong person is so stubborn. That he won't let anybody else participate in the <laughs> in yeah. the travel challenge. I also <laughs> still think that was probably a, a smart idea, though. I mean, I don't know. I feel like that kind of repetitive thing is probably good to be done by one person, but I could be wrong. Yeah, it's hard to say because he didn't get it done in a good time. Sure. I feel like though but, you could. You're also when you incorporate like that you he's been eating a bowl of rice a day for a week, and it's coming off of probably eating. I don't know. He doesn't seem like the brightest guy. And so yeah, he no. he was probably still eating. And he is like, annoying. He was still probably eating three full meals a day right up until the day uh, they, right. he hit the beach. Like, a, a, others probably started, like, weaning themselves into or yeah. off of food. But uh, he was probably super hungry, and so he probably got gassed. It's what it looked like, at least. It looked like he was gassed really yeah. quickly uh, after a few throws. Mm-hmm. Um, either way, though, you're right. He's clearly... Well, a person they can't work with beyond because right. they were they were thinking about there's those two guys working together on that team and they're Devin and Ryan yeah I'm starting to learn their names now yeah I'm, I've I've just picked up a few I know Allie and mm-hmm. it was I think it's a Allie's my early favorite early favorites never last for me but uh, Allie's my early favorite and she she's uh, super smart she's very smart she's smart to cut ties with the person because she quickly aligned with Patrick. And yeah. it's tough to cut the ties that you form early, right. but when he's a he's an idiot or a loose cannon, right? Yeah, what else can you do? Yeah. I do want to play a game once uh, the merge happens on the podcast, where uh, kind of like a week to week like suicide draft, pick somebody who you think will make it to the next week, and uh, you can only pick that person one time and see if anybody makes it to the final three. Oh, nice. Yeah, since all four of us are watching it. I doubt anybody will make it to the final three. The odds just aren't great. Right. That you'll have somebody left to pick. But, yeah. It could be fun. Yeah. Once it gets down to 12 people. It would be fun. Yeah. Um, Did you think... The only other takeaway from Survivor this week was that... Uh, God, I can't even remember the specifics, but... Somebody was playing way too hard before the immunity challenge. They were already trying to figure out... They were already talking about a blind side before they... It's from one of the tribes that... Oh, it was a red tribe, yeah. It was a surfer guy. They were going to blind side um, the guy who wants to be Tony. 
Oh, the guy who oh, wants to be healers, Tony. Yeah, yeah the yeah, healers. Yeah. yeah, that's a great descriptor because that's actually how I know him. It's the guy that wants to be Tony. Yeah, um, I hate that guy. I do too because I, I hate. Too. I also hate Tony. <laughs> Which is like, and then I know it's 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 editing, but him just sitting there being like, "I won't eat that. I won't eat that," and then throwing it into the dirt instead of giving it to someone else to eat. <laughs> all like, these others. Who the fuck do you think you are? All these yeah. other starving people are like, "It's food. I love it. Thank yeah. you." He's like. You want it? You don't want this. He throws it all into the water. What yeah. an ass. Yeah. Fuck that, dude. And he's got an idol, which, which I guess is why they want to start blindsiding. But, but oh man, was that... Was he really quick to be like, I told you a secret. Now I'm going to tell everybody. Yeah. Yeah, I pissed off that girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, also, it, uh, since this is your second season rewatch, like... Yeah. Ca- like since you started watching again, and this will be David's second season ever. Um, Survivor romances are few and far between since, like, the early going. And there's two going on right now. And there are almost two. Yeah. Yeah. One that seems to be pretty genuinely reciprocated. The, uh... The... The tribe. Yeah. Well, she's all pissy now. Right. She started telling everybody about the idol. But, yeah. And we'll see if they get split because it looks like next week they're gonna yeah. randomize again. Yeah. Anytime a team loses a lot at the start, which the hustlers have done, they'll even out the numbers a little bit by redrawing. Right. So it's to be expected. Um, anyway, cool that's it for me, Chris. Hey, hi, buddy. I watched some stuff this week. Neat, but. More importantly, I've been playing a lot of Cuphead. 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 Yeah, I got to see it last night. It's beautiful. Beautiful yeah, game. I made TJ look at it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just it's it's just a really tight experience. Um, and not in the early 2000s sense. Um, the controls are incredibly responsive. Um, you know, you, you never lose or get hit because of the game being the game, it's always your hands, your eyes, your reaction time, which is nice. Because um, platformers like that, sometimes it's just a bunch of bullshit. Like, you know, the old Contra games with the, uh, you know, how like pixels would flash on and off depending on what filter they were to save memory so they could pack more stuff on the screen. Like, none of that shit. This is just very tightly put together technically as far as gameplay. But, I mean, most importantly, it's the music and the and the look and feel of it. Yeah, it's, it's gorgeous. Just, yeah, I mean, it's all hand-painted, hand-animated, like a classic 30s cartoon. Um, That's cool. I watched a GDC uh, interview with one of the animators, and he's, like, it's just going through, like, keyframes and, you know, making these drawings by hand, and, you know, they, they don't do... You know pixels and then all their range of motion they do the you know full idle animation t- to 16 frames and just animate over and over again someone else, like ink it and it's just it looks really cool um, crazy man I'm about three quarters of the way through um, when I'm done I might put my talkie into wordies and <clears throat> throw that up but it's only 20 bucks too so it's such an easy investment. PC and Xbox only right now. PC and Xbox only. Uh, they Microsoft won the day on that exclusivity deal. 
Um, I, I wonder if it's timed. I'm not sure. Because um, now the the big thing is, you know, you've got it. Microsoft, you've got it for a year. And then PlayStation will get it. And a lot of... And pl- whichever is second to the platform uh, will normally capitalize by putting out some, like, <clears throat> bundle version that has, you know, downloadable content or whatever, you know, new expansion is in with the price mm-hmm. to hook new fans who lost... who who avoided the hype, but the way that Cuphead is animated, I can't imagine that they're going to update that game. Like, mm. I mean, yeah, they shouldn't. I mean, they, they, they teased it at E3 2013, and it just came out like three weeks ago. Right. And I, I believe, based on the backgrounds and the enemies and all the, you know, the sprites and the music, fuck, the music's so good, um, that they can really good. just ink another boss and like put it out there. That would be ridiculous. Right. But. Neat. We'll see. That's what I'm playing. Um, <clears throat> so what I watched this week, uh, I caught Blade Runner. 2049. Oh, nice. In theaters. Did you watch Blade Runner and forget to talk about it? I've watched 1982's Blade Runner. I did too. This and, week. Okay. <clears throat> well, and we'll talk about it when we get to um, it. I don't want to talk much about Blade Runner um, here now. I want more people to see it on the podcast and then we can talk about it not because it's something that you can super spoil but because I think the highlights of the movie are again like the look and feel the same same highlights of the first Blade Runner yeah and it's hard to describe the experience of their vision of Blade Runner without someone else being able to relate or bounce off of was talking to a friend of the site, Al, last night, and we were just, you know, gaga over the sound and the score. And he picked up something that I didn't, that there's a lot of just like, it's like they tracked a a bunch of machine sounds and vehicle sounds onto like a keyboard and just played like chords and crescendos on the keyboard with those. Um, but Blade Runner is really good. Everyone should go see it, especially everyone on this podcast and people who are listening and people who aren't listening somehow they should hear me say just, it just especially those people <laughs> yeah I mean this it's it's the kind of sequel that should be encouraged like yeah. I feel like this is it done right you know I think TJ you were telling me that no Al was telling me Richard Linklater is making a sequel to a movie from 1971 and if if it's like this then I'm fucking in if that's, right. if that's the new trend Instead of reboots, then let's let's do it. Yeah. Um, also, you know, it's I generally trust some directors, and I'm all in on. I've been all all in on Dennis or Denis. Yeah. He's been riding up a hot streak since his beginning. I was a huge fan of Arrival. Fucking love yeah. that movie, and I'm also a really big fan of Sicario, which Sicario was great. The three of us are the highest on Sicario, but yeah, it's good. That was a movie I was not even that it. I was preparing myself for a chore when I sat down to watch Sicario, mm-hmm. and it wound up being I could not. Stop well, the reason watching. I was so excited about Arrival and so excited about Blade Runner is because the thing that made Sicario great was him. the director. Yeah, it was him. yeah, it was the the last twenty minutes of that movie, which is all him. Yeah, that that is if you know if we ever talk about like favorite scenes of the decade or anything, my number one might be her night vision goggles going into that tunnel. Yeah, nice. Like it's it really is, good. I don't. I don't know how. And the, the framing of the comics. comics. 
is incredible. The Del Toro mm-hmm. killing the family and everything at the end of Sicario. Yeah. The framing of that shot is so good. I don't know. I don't even remember breathing during the last like oh, forty yeah. minutes of that movie. It's really good. He's he does tense action incredibly well. Mm-hmm. Um, and Blade Runner is no exception. I wanna. I was I was thinking about like how I loved his last three. And I mean, shit. He gets movies out like clockwork now. Um, he can do whatever he wants now. Yeah, I still yeah. haven't even seen... Uh, is it Enemy? Enemy, yeah. Yeah, yeah I want to go back into his catalog. Um, back before Sicario. Maybe that'll be something I'll see for instead of 2017. Is he Mexican? Or is he South American? Denise? Sounds French. He's French. He's French-Canadian, I think. Oh. But yeah, Blade Runner 2049 is great. But yeah, I'm excited to see Blade Runner 2049. Uh, I'll, I'll be seeing it soon. I know I will. Because cool. that's the whole reason I bought the final cut. And watched it. So I know that, that uh, Villanova said that he he saw the theatrical when it when it came out, and he hadn't seen the final cut until after most of the movie was done. Yeah. So I don't know if that helps or hurts um, twenty forty nine, but it is it's probably in my top three this year. But I'm also more of a sucker for big, well-done sci-fi movies than some of the artier farts on this podcast. Yeah, you are. Um, That's true. Which brings me to A Ghost Story. I watched that. Have you seen it? No. Hmm. I also saw... No. I mean, Chris and I, I saw A Ghost Story too. I wrote a review on it. We disagree about as much as you can about A Ghost Story. Oh, fun. Because you guys often have... uh, you know, similarly aligned takes on movies. Yeah. yeah. Chris was bored because his brain's small. And I thought it was great. And, <laughs> and TJ's trying to impress someone, so he said he really likes it. Yeah. It's like when... Trying to impress YouTube dumbshits. It's like when me and David strongly disagree. When when I, when me and David have a strongly, you know, uh, divergent take on a movie, I always just get like... I sit up straight and I'm like, ooh, this is going to be fun. The 20s are better. The 30s are better. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> But yeah, it's it's an interesting movie, and I think that that's all it is. It's interesting. Um, I don't think that it is as effective as it's trying to be. In what? In conveying any emotion. I mean, it obviously conveys some emotion, and, and I, I said, I talked to you earlier, you know, there are parts of it that I really liked. Right. But there's, there's this just abyss in the middle of it. Yeah. That is just a fucking struggle. And when I'm faced with the ability to not be watching it, like, I don't understand why that's not the better choice. Yeah, I mean, I, I can think the same thing about any, like, any horror movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh yeah. Any movie that makes you squirm. Yeah. But it's and, just, I, and I had you, you something have to watch this not, week too. Not even oh, okay. close to horror. No. I, I didn't think so. And, uh, I, yeah. and yeah, with a title like that, I think some people are going to get duped. But it's pretty oh god, those, sure. people, those people will walk out of the theater in like twenty minutes. <laughs> it is, it is a, it it is a meditation on art. Yes, yeah. is there's a uh, scene like twenty minutes <laughs> into the movie, man, where it's, it's literally real time Rudy Mara eating a whole pie. Oh yeah, I've heard about the pie yeah. scene, and people are apparently flocking out of theaters at that point. 
Yeah. It's like that, that movie's uh, Tree of Life scene, almost, where mm-hmm. it's like creation scene. Yeah. Yeah. But there's, there's almost no dialogue in the last 90% of the movie. Well, y'all liked Wally. <laughs> moviegoers <laughs> not a lot of dialogue in that one either you asked for more like quit Wally. complaining <laughs> yeah, yeah we that's, get, the, that's the best comp for a ghost story you wanted, Wally. you wanted more Wally you wanted Wally too we gave you a ghost story I don't know what I was supposed to do to please you yeah I don't know I just the reviews are like through the roof on it and I just don't I don't see it I, I don't see it I think he does an incredible job of conveying loneliness is my argument. Which, I mean, it's it's, it's pretty fucking standard to not... Uh, I mean, we I think we almost agreed to that point. You call it abyss, and I call it emoting loneliness better than most movies that try to do that. By showing you an abyss of nothingness, because that's all the... You know, the ghost can't do anything else. Yeah, it's a guy standing in the house. That's it. And yeah. that's loneliness isn't fun or exciting yeah but it's like it's and if you'd rather not be lonely you would not be lonely so if you don't want to watch the movie don't watch the movie just like you're saying I mean I'm agreeing with you you know what I mean yeah but it didn't make me feel lonely it made me look at it and go I want to watch something else it's like modern art where the canvas is like the, the piece of art is called uh, you know eggshell white and it's just a canvas of eggshell white and it's like yeah they did a great fucking job at making that canvas blank like, I don't know if it should be necessarily applauded. And, yeah, so I think I think I disagree with the zeitgeist on this. I need to stop saying zeitgeist. <laughs> in the third week in a row. I can beep that out. I need to get the zeitgeist out of my zeitgeist. I need to stop. Going against the beep. I need, I need to stop. Yeah, I, need, I need to stop saying the word beep. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's also not, like, incredibly well-reviewed. The reviews that like it are high on it, but I mean, no, it is it is like really highly scored. It's not like in the nineties. It's ninety two on Rotten Tomatoes. Not that that's or ninety one and eighty three percent on Metacritic and seven seven point seven on IMDb. Eighty yeah. plus on Metacritic's really high. Yeah, yeah. So like, it's like Best Picture territory, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it is hard to take any review seriously that says that starts with um, I don't like the way that baby feels I don't want to watch it anymore because the movie's doing its job right at and, that point and that's not that, that's not maybe there's miscommunication here that's not what I meant by there's an abyss no you said like it's I don't want to watch this anymore well yeah and, it didn't make me feel that because I'm, it made me feel like lonely and made me relate to the character made you feel bored in the situation it didn't make me feel bored I just didn't understand why it was happening Right. Like, but if it's not boring, like, why do you not want to watch it? I mean, is it? Because it's also not engaging. It's just there. Yeah. I mean, I'll just throw that. I haven't seen it, obviously, but uh, yeah. compare it to, like, I think you really liked Manchester by the I did, City, right? Yeah. And that's another movie that makes you feel sad. Yeah. Sure. And it has a lot more that happens there. But I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm of the opinion that. I wasn't good, throwing good that movies. out as a sure, sure, sure. counterpoint. I was just saying, like, would that be an example of a movie that could make you feel a similar way, but make you, but you enjoy it more? Like, what's a what's an example of a movie that could generate the same feeling in you, Chris, but not make you want to stop watching it? Well, the the example that I, that I used 
yesterday was Manchester. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's where TJ and I disagreed on what the theme of a ghost story is. Because mm-hmm. I thought that at the heart of ghost, a ghost story, it's like, you know, melancholy and loss and, you know, grieving. And TJ was centered more on, it's about, you know, solitude. Mm-hmm. I mean, things that go hand in hand, in a way. Yeah. It's just, just which aspect does it focus on which, more? Which pen do they ink in darker? Mm-hmm. And and I think people can deal with grief without the solitude. That's the yeah. And Manchester by the Sea definitely has a lot more that happens in the in the movie. And I think Manchester by the Sea is a better movie. <laughs> I think any movie has a hundred percent more that happens in it. Sure, right, and you know, I mean, it's all it's all depending on what story you're telling, I guess. And mm-hmm. they told a story that about a ghost. Well, about yeah, about an entity that is alone forever. Yeah, and you can't tell that story and have a bunch of shit happen. It just doesn't work. You know what I mean? Yeah. At least they got the title right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> crushed it. <laughs> um, I, I am, I still stick stand by my I, my thought though, is there's there's a period the the moment where they subtitle it. Yeah, I love that. But yeah. I wish they either wouldn't have subtitled it or they would have subtitled more interactions. Like his failed attempts at communication or not done that one with the neighbor. Because I feel like that, if you understand what this means when you raise your hand and you move it side to side. And I think it would have done a better job conveying like how isolated he is if he can't communicate. I think it does a brilliant job of isolating that because he chooses not to. But they do. They have a conversation. He could go over there and live with that ghost. Can he, though? I don't know the rules. Yeah, I mean, he he left the hospital and walked. But that other ghost doesn't doesn't leave. Yeah. I mean, I think he the ghost that leave. choose not to go to heaven choose to remain alone. Hmm. And that's the point. That, that can't all be the point. I don't know. I mean, I... I, I it's a, it's a interesting take, I guess, to say it's about nothing or that it doesn't do a good job. But it definitely made me feel a lot. It, it made it, it voted well in my house. Hmm. Or maybe I'm looking at this wrong, and it's actually like a postmodern look on what nothingness is, and it's dead on. And I should feel frustrated. And the proper response is to hate it because it makes me feel bad. That would not be surprising to me at all. Which is like, I'd be like, okay, you win. I'm, done. I'm not <laughs> no, watching no more, movies no anymore. More movies. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, actually, that was the point of Don't Mess With the Zohan. So, Ghost Story, you got silver medal. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I I personally wouldn't recommend it to my friends. Um, uh, I don't know if I'd recommend it to anybody. I'd recommend it to, to Brent and David and like Al. That's about it. Tell me when you guys record that once. I'm going to not be there. <laughs> uh, I mean, if if you watch a ghost story and you don't like it and you read about it, you can't feel anything but, like, teased. Because, like, <clears throat> it's glowing praise by everyone. And then your company is some, like, bumfuck nowhere newspaper where, like, the best movie of the week is some like garbage mm-hmm. and 
the review for Ghost Story is like, I don't understand it. This is stupid. Audiences are going to walk out. And it's like, that's how I feel, but I don't think the same as you. <laughs> but, Moving on. Moving on. I watched Reality High. It was a better movie than Ghost Story. <laughs> no, it's a Netflix show, Reality High. It's really stupid. Um, it was just a time filler for me. And so I'm not going to bother bother your eyes with it or ears. Um, is it recommendable? No. Okay. I mean, there's... Fair. People who seem to like it are in that demographic that it's targeted at. Yeah. You know, it's not a movie for me. It's not a movie for parents. It's, you know, it's for tweens. People still say tweens? Or do we just call them all millennials now? I don't know. But, yeah. I don't know. There's That was a thing that I watched because I needed to fill two hours. Tweens aren't millennials, are they? Why? At this point? Tweens? Yeah. No, there's, there's, they got a new name. They got a new name? Yeah. You right. have to have been like informative years during the turn of the millennium to be a millennial, right? Yeah, it's like 80 to, it's the 80s. Kids born in the 80s. Pretty much. Uh, and early 90s, right? It's yeah. 1980 to 2000, technically, but I, I cut it off a little bit earlier than that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it, that movie's for them. It's got this really irritating, it's the, it's, if you want a tease of the story, it's about this girl who's in high school and her friend from when they were kids is now a big YouTube star mm. and big on social media and kind of the whirlwind that surrounds her being in high school with one of these like new millennium mega stars. Um, and then it plays out like every high school teen drama would. So it's pretty forgettable. Okay. Um, skip it. Unless you're, like, 17. Uh, I watched, the, like I said earlier, the Lady Gaga documentary, Five Foot Two. Fun. It's good. I mean, it's it's from when she first started bidding for this for the Super Bowl uh, 51 performance. 51, right? Not 52? It's 51. 51. 51. Up until the moments right before she performs. Oh, uh, cool. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of cool. And it deals with... Uh, her new album coming out, which is very much not the meat dress Lady Gaga. Um, I'm a big fan of hers. I think that she's like a great example of a pop star. Um, yeah, I'm a big fan. She's got pipes and she can write music like nobody's business. Um, offered an interesting perspective on uh, on Mark Ronson. He's a DJ producer. Yeah, um, he did a. Uh, Uptown Funk. Uptown Funk. Was yeah. that Amy Winehouse song back in the day? Valerie. Yeah. That Zutons cover, yeah, he did. Yeah. Okay, but yeah, he's he produced uh, Joanne, which is her new album, the country themed. His album's great. Yeah, and they it's kind of go, themed, huh? mm-hmm. mm. they kind of go into like her influence behind it. Um, she had an aunt who died young, and it's dedicated to her. And so she like talks to her family and stuff about it. I mean, it's a really really biased take. Um, you know, Lady Gaga is the best, brightest songwriter in this documentary, but it's really good. You know, they show her warts and all at times when she's having like panic attacks, when she's, you know, stressed out. She had a, had a hip injury during the Born This Way tour, and that's kind of like a persistent thing throughout that she's like worried about it, like affects her health mentally and physically. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a cool documentary. Hmm. Cool. Yeah, I'll check yeah. it out. <laughs> Then I watched the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly because I had no... I didn't know anything about it. 
and because I hadn't heard about it. It's called Rock Dog. <laughs> Go wait, can I? I don't know what it's about. Can I guess? Yeah. Is it about? Is it like the Airbud of musical movies? Like, is it about a dog who plays like bass guitar and joins a rock band? It's animated. Okay. So that has that different from from Airbud, um, but. If I told you that it was about a dog whose destiny was to herd sheep on Snow Mountain and then a guitar fell from an airplane <laughs> and then he had the gift and started playing guitar and then joined a band, does that seem similar enough? It's a little bit like The Gods Must Be Crazy. Yeah. But instead of a Coke bottle in the Kalahari, it's a guitar in, on Snow Mountain. Yeah. But it's, it's, I was just stunned that like I didn't hear anything about it. It's... There's, I think, some like corporate espionage reasons why this movie didn't do anything. You said it got like buried by by the higher ups. Yeah, um, but it's it's not bad. It's not. It's, it's, Who's like top build in the cast? Luke Wilson, J.K. Simmons, Eddie Izzard, Lewis Black, Sam Elliott, Matt Dillon, Sam Elliott, Mae Whitman, <laughs> Keenan Thompson. Sam Elliott plays wow. uh, Fleetwood Yak. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I forgot about that. Is this available on Netflix or HBO? HBO Go. All right. Rock dog. Rock. You're dog. the rock now, dog. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's kind of stupid. But yeah, it sounds really stupid. <laughs> Let me guess. That movie came out this year. Yep. Okay, that makes sense as to why you. I was, I was about to say this feels like a yeah. like a. I'm looking for anything from 2017. I don't know if listeners don't know. TJ and Chris have a uh, an ongoing battle as to who can watch the most movies that came out this year. And I am picking from the bottom of the tree. <laughs> <laughs> We're both in the what, like mid 30s now. Yeah. <sighs> We're getting there. I, I mean, I didn't hate it though. Like that's the thing is, I was really surprised by it, um, only because. I thought it was just going to be like awful. I thought it was going to be like Mars Needs Moms. Right. You know, that caliber. But it was, you know, a bunch of steps above that. Should I watch that or a ghost story? You should watch Rock Dog. Okay. Good enough. Um, <laughs> I guess. Ask me about any other movie or ghost story. Um, and then I watched a couple quick ones. I won't say a lot about them because they're pretty forgettable. Uh, I watched The Last Word. Which is kind of silly. Um, Shirley MacLaine, Amanda Seyfried. Uh, Seyfried is an obituary writer. And Shirley MacLaine uh, wants a legacy, even though she's been a shrewd businesswoman who's alienated everyone around her. So it's kind of a buddy comedy drama about the two of them getting to know themselves and each other as they write this Obituary, and you know, and she dies, and Man of Safety gives a speech, and it's really stupid, but not bad. Cool. And then I watched the ticket. What's the ticket about? Ticket is Dan Stevens is blind, and he wakes up one day and he can see. And it's about him after becoming a sighted person, uh, taking his appreciation for things previously for granted, and trading out the things in his life uh, for more superficial benefits. Now, Malin Ackerman is his wife uh, and trades her out for Carrie Bechet, mm. um, which I don't understand. But hey, if, you know, if that's what you want to do, Oliver Platt plays one of a blind buddy of his. I love Oliver Platt. Yeah. Um, who. He's great and everything. Who Dan Stevens' character just like shits on once he can see. Stevens is busy this year. Yeah. Beauty and the Beast, Colossal, this movie. Mm hmm. 
the ticket. He 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 working. He working. Um, I don't have a ton because most of mine's gonna fit into our main topic later in the week. Mm-hmm. But um, I got a couple, I guess. I watched a, also a documentary about a celebrity. I watched Spielberg, the HBO mm-hmm. documentary on Steven Spielberg. It's great, but y'all know my views on uh, documentaries that they're only as good as their content. And he's obviously had a way interesting life just because he's, you know, maybe the greatest filmmaker of all time. Mm-hmm. So it's it's real fun. Yeah, real fun listening to all the people talk about him. Like Scorsese talk about how great he is. Tarantino talk about how great he is. Um, everybody talk about how just calling Jaws the first summer blockbuster doesn't do that movie justice and how fucking huge it was mm-hmm. when it came out. Like it was the number one Halloween costume that year. People were like, celebrities couldn't get tickets to see it on opening weekend. Highest yeah. grossing movie of all time. Yeah. They yeah, broke, well, Godfather's record. Yeah. I think. At the and time. a horror slash thriller, whatever. Yeah. We'll talk about that later in the week. But uh, it, was, it was a good documentary if you're a Spielberg fan. It's a great interview with Daniel Day Lewis at the end um, of the documentary. Cool. Um, references how uh, he said for like, we and Al talked about it a little bit last night, uh, and then I rewatched the interview this morning but like as somebody as prepared as Dale Day-Lewis always is for any movie um, it's great working with Spielberg and he said the thing that was different about Lincoln than any other movie Dale Day-Lewis had worked on is that every person like down to the key grip knew exactly where they were supposed to be and exactly what they were supposed to be doing at all times and it just like well old machine clockwork yeah yeah <clears throat> nice um, so that was neat uh, the only other thing I saw that doesn't doesn't fit into the horror umbrella was a Terrence Malick movie called Song to Song. Whoa. <laughs> That's a chore. Speaking of movies that make you want to turn them off. <laughs> yeah. Now, like, yeah, our thing of, like, maybe this is just nonsense and we're supposed to hate it. Like, I would believe that was Song to Song. But I was so, like, Austin music scene, like, yeah. indie music, great soundtrack, apparently, with Gosling, Natalie Portman, Kate Blanchett, Michael Fassbender, and Rooney Mara. Like, I'm fucking in. You can't fuck this up. And immediately you're like, oh, he fucked it up. <laughs> I mean, I, I started watching the preview for that. Uh, like, I think the trailer for that came out like like two years ago. Post-production for 2013. Okay, that so it's been done. a while. Yeah. And watching the trailer, I was like, oh, this looks really good. This looks really good. And then it was like by ter- a film by Terrence Malick. And I was like, oh, I'm going to pass probably. <laughs> Just, I don't know. Yeah, it's two and a half hours. Um, it's like... But it's really I mean, I know this is, is it quiet? Of... Is it a quiet movie? No, it's there's lots of dialogue. Music. It's oh. just all voiceover. All right. So it's like Rooney Mara and Ryan Gosling running through a field and then Rooney Mara... I mean, I turned it on. <laughs> Literally, I was talking to, like, texting Chris. I was like, I'm going to watch this 2017 movie. And I started it. I was like, it's this Terrence Malick music movie. First line, like, I went through a period where sex had to be violent. And I was like, damn it. <laughs> Terrence, you, you asshole. asshole. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, the best uh, acting performance in the movie is Kate Blanchett. And I have no idea what her character is, how she's tied to any of the other main characters, if they're main characters. Chris was like, what's it about? I said, well, Gosling is dating Rudy Mara. But she sleeps with Michael Fassbender before or after she's with Gosling. And he marries Natalie Portman before or after. <laughs> I don't time, know. Time is a flat circle. Yeah, it does, it's irrelevant to the movie. And then Kate Blanchett's there for a while, and she's nice. Belle Kilmer chainsaws an amp and half. 
<laughs> on a stage in Austin. Isn't that like all that he's on screen it's for? It's just like archival footage from the doors. <laughs> no, it's current Val Kilmer. <laughs> Sad Val Kilmer. Yeah. Yeah, he chainsaws an amp in half with no goggles on or anything. And then holds a bucket up and says, like, I have this uranium. I bought it from my mother. No more Val Kilmer. No reference. <laughs> it's, it's, I, mean, I watched all of it. I was telling Chris, I was watching it on my iPad, like laying on my stomach, trying to go to sleep in bed out of one eye, just going like, what? <laughs> what is it? Maybe we, maybe we have reached that Dadaist absurd future where movies, where, where directors are like, guys, 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 guys. <laughs> like, like, like a big like, cabal of directors like, guess what I'm going to make? And they're like, no way, Terrence, you're not going to do it again. And Terrence is like, let me show you. They've got a big song to song. They've got a big wheel and one of them has to get up and spin it and then see like what... Fucking horrible, stupid <laughs> plot element. He's gonna yeah, have to I make like a that. movie out. You get Casey Affleck, no dialogue, <laughs> bed sheet. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, okay, <laughs> can make this work. This is escalating dares. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You get all these great actors, but they can't say anything on screen. And you have to use Valkyrie. <laughs> it's like it's like probably our our pick for the next in theaters. It's like Michael Fassbender. Uh, Christmas-ish? I don't know. Yeah, you have to use a snowman. Yeah. And, uh... Oh, horror. Pseudo killer. <laughs> uh, okay, got it. <laughs> Disaster movie, weather, but it can't be one we've done before. But humans are causing you it. You have to call it Geostorm. <laughs> <laughs> Can it make money? You know, I was thinking of that. That reminds me of, like, American Gods a little bit, because it's just like, oh, you get to make a TV show with Ian McShane. But you also have to have Dane Cook in it. <laughs> it's like, do you still want to make this TV show? <laughs> I mean, it's like you get the most well-reviewed, like one of the most iconic books of its of its time of its era. But Dane Cook has to be in the adaptation. Yeah, I blame Marley and me for starting it. <laughs> Romantic comedy, Owen Wilson. But you gotta kill a dog. <laughs> it's gotta be the main focus. <laughs> yes. How important dog. is the dog? It's in the title of the movie. Ah! Oh. <laughs> no, no, I'm not gonna look at movies any other way. <laughs> um, I guess we can move on to news for a little bit. There's not a ton. There's a big piece of news for. Was there some other show I forgot about? We call it Breezy on the Streets. Oh uh, yeah, we did call it Breezy yeah. on the Streets. <laughs> David, help! <laughs> But big news for, for me and you this week, I guess, and, and Chris too, but me and you more so. Yeah. And we got a new Star Wars trailer. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, yeah. We should probably talk about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Had a little more uh, substance to it than the first one. Mm-hmm. She almost got cut that rock. That was Britt's Facebook comment. <laughs> <laughs> she was so close. Oh, you know, it was, it was my, comment, my first comment. Well, actually, no, that was for the fucking thing that I hate now, which is the teaser for the trailer. The day, oh, yeah. the day before the trailer comes out, there's trailer, like trailer. a seven second teaser for it, yeah. and it just showed her, and people are like geeking out over just that, like her almost cutting a rock with a lightsaber, and my comment, I think I commented on like the Star Wars <laughs> Facebook page for it when they posted it, and it was, I was like, oh man, she came real close to cutting that rock there. <laughs> <laughs> that rock didn't know what was coming. That's going to be, that's going to be real dramatic in the movie. Um... <laughs> But no, I don't know. I still you can't glean too much from it. Just uh, mm. it's gonna should be fun. I don't know. It it didn't move the needle for me much either way because it's already at 
10. Right. My optimism for the movie is is pretty high. I'm still a huge fan of Ryan Johnson. I've got it. Yeah. I've got what I think is probably the safest bet on what's going to happen in that movie. Don't think Princess Leia is going to make it. <laughs> yeah. She's not going to make it. Maybe. Yeah. She's going to leave or not. <laughs> yeah. One or the other. I don't think she's making it to episode nine. They look cool, though. It look, looks interesting. I mean, I stay away from reading about Star Wars stuff, so. Yeah. I don't. I also just like. You have to wade through all like the loudest crazy people if you actually do want to read about that stuff to get to what like calm understanding but still diehard Star Wars fans mm-hmm. think. And I just am not putting that effort in. I'd rather just like not read any of it and wait until it comes out and then. No, I just like being like, ooh, a book. Yeah. Yeah. I am really excited to see Mark Hamill in this movie because. Oh, it was the first time that trailer. First time we've heard Luke Skywalker speak since Return of the Jedi. I mean, right. the other trailer had him doing the over, the voiceover. Right. First time we've seen him speak. Right. And so, I don't know. Some of the his acting looked, you know, pretty good. Yeah, it'll be fun to see. Um, I'm also still real high on Daisy Ridley and John Boyega and Adam Driver. Mm-hmm. Me too. That great young cast and, and uh, Oscar Isaac. <laughs> yeah. Maybe the best actor out of the four of them. Mm-hmm. So. I like that they're they're they're, they're keeping uh, Laura Dern kind of like oh yeah secret a little bit like like you've just seen a picture of her character we don't really know what she she does get to see it. Snoke looks kind of crazy yeah I I'm glad they didn't like save that for some big reveal in nine though like let's let's move on yeah it was cool in the first one I'm still holding that hope that that's just super zoomed in and he's like a little micro machine of <laughs> yeah. a villain. He's like a <laughs> little lightsaber. Yeah. Yeah. That's why he has to appear in a as a hologram to everybody <laughs> to make him look like a hologram that's like three stories tall. Yeah. Like you thought that Yoda flipping around was ridiculous. <laughs> Watch miniature snake toothpick lightsaber. One, one it's like, <laughs> this is not this is gonna be horrible for a podcast, but like the, the final fight in episode nine is just Ray going <laughs> like a swat in a bug, like a like a gnat in her face. Snoke. Uh but not a lot of other news, right? Really? Anything you want to talk about? There's some like small game news. Not small, but it's it's nothing that exciting, and it's not engaging to. And this, no offense, but to talk to you guys about it, it's really really niche. Uh, people are upset with the way that the video game developers are monetizing uh, full price games with uh, mm. you know extra drops and uh, like ways to be to advance your character by spending real money. Uh, so right. I've actually I had read that one review of uh, the new Star Wars game. What is it? Battlefront. Is Battlefront that what they're called? Two, yeah. Battlefront Two. Uh, that that's one of the problems with the game is that in online play you can just purchase upgrades for your character, mm-hmm. and you can just instantly have the best. There's no like worker skills up aspect to it, right. or at least there is, but there's a way to game that system if yeah. you just are willing to pay more. Just like put twenty bucks into it. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, sucks. and uh, the new uh, Middle Earth game, Shadows of War, has uh-huh. got it. And people are like, "You don't need to do it. You don't need to engage with it. You don't need to engage with it." But then apparently, like the last ten percent of the game is, it's like you either have to grind for hours to get to that point, or you can pay ten bucks and uh-huh. you know get a drop, get like a legendary something, and like, use that. But 
And if, if they want the money, just charge, just make a great game and charge more for it if that's what they want, if they want people to... But, I mean, obviously people are going to spend this money, so from a business standpoint, I get it. It's just frustrating when you call something a game and not everybody is on the same page who just buys the game. Right, yeah. Like, like when if we sat down to play Monopoly, I don't get to throw five bucks, you know, into the game and, and just be like, I get an extra... Fifteen hundred dollars at the start. Yeah, right. Yeah, and it's 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 the same companies every 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 time this conversation starts. The how, why how are we letting them get away with milking more money out of us for something we already EA. paid full price for? It's EA. It's Ubisoft. It's it's these huge companies that I mean they've got stockholders to answer to, and they've they've marketed this thing. Mm-hmm. And they are taking advantage of people who, especially with some of these where they're blind boxes, so basically like a card pack. It's so annoying on like iPhone games too. Yeah, games. is you know they're taking advantage of people who probably have like real problems with gambling. Yeah, um, I don't know. It's kind of gross. Um, it won't change yeah, anytime soon unless there's like actual investigation into whether they want to regulate this as gambling. Um, yeah. But people keep spending money. They've got whales who will who will who will dip into it. That being said, I if I play a game and I like I <clears throat> play Battlegrounds, player unknown Battlegrounds, and I've spent real money on it after buying the game. It was thirty bucks for the game, and I had a great time with it. And they had a, a way for me to pay them more money, so I was like, you know what? I don't feel bad paying them more money. Sure, because I enjoy it as much as right. I do. Same way with like uh, like a free to play mobile game. If I love the game and it's like you, you can pay blah 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 to do this, it's like you know what? Sure, it's like throwing a tip into a jar. Yeah, that's why I don't mind paying for the only thing I've ever spent on Hearthstone is paying for arena runs. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's, it's like paying to play that game. It's, it's two bucks. It's a free to play game. Yeah, and sometimes you spend two dollars and do an arena run. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, we can we can move on to what, what we want to see this weekend if we were going to the movies. What's coming up? Uh, we got one big, not big, one expansion. Uh, Goodbye, Christopher Robin, the Milne. Yeah, 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 Milne. Um, movie which uh, was a limited release last week, and then uh, coming out this week, uh, Boo Two, a Medea Halloween is coming out. Geostorm, Only the Brave, which. The Journey Zone? No, uh, it's the. Uh, it's, the it's the. Um, Josh, wildfire. Josh Brolin, Miles Teller, Jeff Bridges. They fight wildfires. Taylor Kitsch. Ooh. Does Jeff Bridges use Jeff Bridges' voice in this movie? Or it's just like. Everybody else is like, he hey, plays put, Richard out, put out that fire, and you're just like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> It would be interesting if someone who. Sounds like a bug from Men in Black. <laughs> yeah. Put out that fire. If somebody who's intergalactic, (laughs) his profession puts him around like thick, acrid black smoke all the time, and he's like, "Oh, hey, I'm trying out this new voice for this movie." Uh, Same kind of different as me. I don't even know. Okay, not watching that. that. (laughs) Convoluted ass title. Maybe based on a Nicholas Sparks book. And then uh, the Snowman, which would be my pick. Merely because I've read that book. <laughs> I would go see the movie. Man, same kind Snowman's of... a Michael Fassbender thriller based off a Swedish novel. Man, same kind of different as me looks like they got 
second round pick for all of their picks. I was going to say, it looks like, like This Is Us came out and they were like, Ooh! <laughs> it's Brene Zellweger, John Voigt, Jimon Hansu, <laughs> Olivia Holt, Greg Kinnear. Second round picks. They're like the team that was just there. They make... God. Yeah. It's a good joke. This team full of third round picks. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why they can't like trade first round picks for two of our third round picks. But... It's like the other teams at the end of draft day. <laughs> All other NFL teams. International art dealer Ron Hall must befriend a dangerous homeless man in order to save his struggling marriage to his wife, a woman whose dreams will lead all three of them on the journey of their lives. So not only is it going to be bad, it's going to be probably pretty offensive. (laughs) So we're going to make a mockery of poverty. Yeah. Anyway. So so I'll pick the snowman. (laughs) Not, Not a great week, though. I'm going to see Geostorm. But I won't want to. <laughs> I'll pick a snowman. Just seems so goofy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of I wanted to pick something else, but I, I'm not picking against <laughs> Fassbender. Right. I mean, he's already, especially within a calendar year of Assassin's Creed coming out. He, we know he's not doing two that suck. It is good. Well, he did do that song it's movie. Getting, but getting, he, it's getting panned. It's getting snowman is. crushed. Oh, really? Yeah. 18% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh,. By comparison, At that point, I kind of want to just discuss Geostorm. <laughs> there's, there's not enough ratings on Geostorm yet. What if Geostorm is better rated than <laughs> Boo 2? Well, I also got Boo 2 to consider. Only the Brave. Coming in at a brisk hour 25. I might, it might be Only the Brave. Is, I'm going to go. My pick would still be Snowman. This but. is a perfect 100% on both. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. Nice. Probably not enough in. Boo, I mean, Boo 2 is going to kill anything in the box office this week. It's going to make the most money. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Just like go whatever the last movie you really liked, just go see it again. Go see Blade Runner. Yeah, go, yeah, see, go see Blade Runner. Blade Runner was really good. Or we'll talk about it in a couple of days. But go see Happy Death Day. I had fun watching Happy Death Day. Yeah, that's a, those are our picks. Yep. Oh no, I have to. Somebody has to say the end part of this podcast. So <laughs> this bit no talk. So man, David's gonna crack up listening to us <sighs> fumble our way through <laughs> this. You have to. Uh, all right, yeah, this is Talkie Talk podcast for the media bias.com. You can download us on iTunes, your other pod catching apps. Uh, make sure you follow the page on Facebook, the media bias, and there's uh, groups too, so you can join in and talk about video games at Games by Us, TV at TV by Us, or movies at Movie by Us. We're also on Twitter. And uh, don't forget, we're writing a lot of reviews and writing a lot more now, so check us out at the media bias.com. For sure. If you want to contact us, you can do that through Facebook, the website, or the media bias at gmail.com. Please leave some kind of rating on uh, our podcast on iTunes or wherever you're downloading it from because it helps. Anything I left out? Thanks to the. Ah, yes. Thanks to the intro music. (laughs) Uh, That'd be the Willow Walkers do the intro music. (laughs) Last I checked. And uh, Burifa doing the outro music. Burifa! Thanks, Burifa. guys. Yeah, we appreciate it. Anything else, guys? Oh my god, thanks. Goodbye! Kicking rocks down old dusty roads. Small town slowpokes long time ago. Kicking out records of all the things that I know. All the things that I know. And yeah, so I think I think I disagree with the on this. I need to stop saying that <laughs> in the third week in a row. <laughs>